everybody. Welcome back to This Is Gonna Hurt, a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. This is Owen. I am the DM for the podcast. I'm also your host for uh, the next couple of minutes. If you're super excited to get back into the adventure, I apologize. That's going to be next week, season three premiere. Woo-woo! Today, we are going to do a recap of season two. You could probably see in your feed that there is also a recap for season one. If you didn't listen to that one, you may want to. Like I said, in, in that one, this is for anybody who's a new listener. Maybe you heard about us somewhere, you want to jump in, but you're like, wow, that's a lot of episodes to catch up on and you want to just jump right in. This is for you. It's also for somebody who has been listening you know, for a while, but just needs some quick reminders because there's a lot of weird names and a lot of weird places because, hey, it's a fantasy world. So let's do this. Season two starts off with the characters are not together. But just to talk about who they are, we have uh, Lorthamar. He is a high elf fighter. He carries around a rapier. There's Brimley. He's a gnome. And he is, by this point in season two, he's actually a clizzard. He's a, a tempest cleric diviner. So he's got quite a few titles. There is Korath, who is a paladin. He's a member of the Brotherhood of the Timeless, which is a, an Oath of the Ancients uh, type group. He's a Goliath, a big gray, half giant kind of guy. And there is Windar, a bronze-scaled, dragonborn bard. Season two starts off with all of them in different places, and they all receive messages from Galandan, a elf who is a member of the Secret Society, which at the end of season two, they had realized they were kind of working for. And he told them to meet in the city of Stromals at the bar of the Barking Bard. And so all four members arrived at the bar, and... They met the bar owner, whose name is Keck. He was a musician. Uh, Morton, the bartender. But they met up with Galandan. And Galandan explained to them, you know, what's been going on. That the, the second cage was starting to break. If you don't know what that means, I would check out the recap for season one. The second cage, which was the fire cage, was starting to break. There were wildfires just across the land. It, it, even though it was basically wintertime, it felt like summer. There was sulfur in the water. It was pretty rough goings in a troon. And he said that, yeah, you should go to the water temple and get some air breathing devices and, you know, be able to get into the plane of water to go seal the fire cage. I know that seems backwards, but that's part of the great mage's genius. He hid the elemental cages and their opposing elements to keep them sealed up. But Galandin wanted to introduce them to the other members of his secret society. But on their way there, there was an attack by the bad guys, the bad guys from all of season one, who at that point didn't really have a name. And so the Goblin Splooshers, that's our four heroes, they, they fought off these uh, enemies and they ended up meeting up with Galandan again at a new bar called the Tavern of the Tipping Tyrant. And while they were there, they met up with the four other captains. There are four captains for the secret organization, which they had learned was called the Assembly. It had a longer name, but we're going to go with Assembly because it gets confusing when I add more words, apparently. And so they met up with the other four captains. There was, there was a Furbolg named Fordox, a half-orc named Mriblar, the Butcher. There was a dwarf who was simply called the Snake. And... A fiery, well, she's a fire Ganassi, so of course she's fiery, but she's especially passionate and uh, 
aggressive. Her name was Viola, and she was the the fourth captain. She was quite mad at the Goblin Splooshers because uh, Toko, it turns out, was her lieutenant, her her second in command. Her lieutenant, vice captain. I don't know. I don't know if that matters. And she realized she'd learned that the Goblin Splooshers had basically left him in the desert and kind of forgotten about him. So she was pretty ticked off at them. But Galandan said that everything had to wait until they determined a new Grand Master. And because the Great Mage had chosen them personally, he had marked them with a tattoo. That wasn't in the Season 1 recap, but that's okay. They marked him with a tattoo. They Four Goblin Spooshers, they were permitted to vote as well. So these nine people all put their heads together. They voted on who they wanted the Grand Master to be. And it got very, very close. It was actually a tie between Viola and Galandan up to the last vote. And Galandan won it. Viola, passionate as she is, refused to accept Galandan as the Grandmaster of the Order and challenged him to combat for the title. Unfortunately for her, she lost, which meant that she was banished from the Order, which, as some of the players said, not necessarily the best system. The proof of which is that the very enemies that the Goblin Spooshers fought against all of Season 1 and subsequently Season 2 and perhaps Season 3, we'll see how it goes. They're called the Resurgence, and they were actually a splinter group from this first organization. Their, their leader, whose name is Edgar Grey Grizzle, used to be part of this order, but, but when Aberstall became the Grand Master, he couldn't accept it, and he ended up being sent away, and he started um, an opposing group, the Assembly, which is dedicated to keeping the monarch sealed away, and then the resurgence, which are dedicated to returning the monarch to his former glory. After that, the, the Goblin Spooshers, they had to find a way to swim down into the Great Lake Briasana. And so they were going to go fight some pirates because they had apparently stole all of the water-breathing devices. But they met up again with Aegisar Rorak, that member of the Twelve, the personal bodyguards to the royal family. And they fought against him. They met some of the other members of the 12. This, at this point in season two, I think they'd met up with five. It could have been six, though. After defeating him, which was kind of crazy, the if you want the full details, go check it out because there's a little bit more to it than that. They, they kind of partied with him and a couple other members of the 12, and, and he gave Brimley a, a spell for water breathing, and so they didn't have to go fight pirates after all, which is convenient for them and frustrating for me because I had planned out all these pirate things. That's okay. So they found their way into the Great Lake Briasana. They sunk to the bottom and they fought their way through the water temple. And just as they're about to go through the portal, that's going to lead them into the elemental plane of water. Who shows up as the sub boss, but Toko Toko with a, with a metal plate smashed into his face and screwed to his jaw enraged attacked them. And there was a little bit of, unsurety as far as what to do because it seemed like a couple of the goblin spooshers were ready to put Toko out of his apparent misery and the other two just couldn't turn their backs on him. And so they ended up uh, sending him to the surface with, with Trevor, a giant seahorse that uh, Korath is acquainted with. Uh, I know, weird, right? And they went into the elemental plane of water. Once in the elemental plane of water, they went through a series of Spongebob-related challenges, found their way in at rock bottom, bottom of the ocean, super, super dark, they found the fire cage. This time, after defeating the Sentinel, it was Brimbley who made a bond with the glowing redstone this time. And he didn't grow anything, like he didn't grow like a fire leg or anything, but his hair took on a fiery enchantment of sorts. He gained the ability to ignite his hair and has this 
really cool red hat, which Steve doesn't appreciate at all. And so that was Brimley, which was cool. And then they, they got out of the plane of water. They went back to Stromel's and they, they're like, well, what do we, what do we do now? I mean, if, if the next cage doesn't start breaking, are we going to split up again? And, and sadly, Lorthamar, the elf who'd been traveling with them for all this time, he started to feel like there was, there was other business that he could be attending to. He felt like as, as important as those travels with, with these, these people were, he was getting stronger. He felt that he had, he had strayed from his mission just a little bit too much. And so he, he set off on his own to seek his fortune. So just three remaining, Windar, Koreth, and Brimley, they decided that they were going to find Toko. Wait, but wait a minute. They, they already found Toko. Yeah, but unfortunately for them, they sent Toko up on the seahorse and he was collected by one of the members of the resurgence, one of the bad guys. And so they decided that together they would go rescue their former friends, despite the fact that it seemed that he was hell-bent on killing them. And that's what they decided to do. They met up with a new friend... Because, you know, Lorthmar wasn't around anymore and we didn't want to kick Jeremy out of the podcast. So this turtle, a turtle man named Junta, who I've, I'm very enamored with, showed up. He's a cleric and he's this, just this inquisitive mind traveling the world to learn as much as he can. And, and he decided to go with them because what the heck, maybe they could teach him some things. And so with their new turtle friend, they traveled into one of the sketchier areas of Stromals, the city that they were in. They found the saloon of Secret Sea where they met a helpful bartender named Emmett, who seemed to have magic of his own. And with a little bit of help from Emmett, they found their way into the basement of the Saloon of Secrecy. And after fighting their way through a cavern and, and fighting more and more of these villains, they discovered sealed inside of a sarcophagus was Toko. So finally, they were able to bring Toko back to the assembly. Those are the good guys. And Galandan promised them that they would work on fixing the brainwashing which had occurred to Toko. But now what are they going to do? Hmm. Toko's safe. Cages aren't breaking. So they went to a really big party. The Count of Stromals uh, invited them to this party which he was throwing in honor of the arrival of Duke Edgar Greygrizzle. <gasps> I know. And so at this party, the Count, he explained to them that, that he was appreciative of the fact that they were staying in Stromals, that, that the Goblin Splooshers had earned reputation across the land. And so asking them to stay nearby, he told them that he would build them a guild hall, a place to stay, and a place where they could come and go from as they please. At the end of this party, which took many, many episodes, so again, I'm recommending you go back and listen to it. It was crazy. Brimley killed a guy. The adventurers, they decided they were going to set off on a new journey. They were going to try to uh, find out more about Duke Edgar Greygrizzle because he was apparently the leader of, of the resurgence, this, this organization they've been fighting against for two seasons now. And before they went, they stopped into a store. And as some of you will know, the store was run by a little man named Lilifus. I'm not going to say much more about Lilifus. But while they were in Lilifus's shop, they stocked up on everything they needed. And as they opened the door to leave and go ahead on, on their next adventure, they were surrounded, they were engulfed by a brilliant blue light. And when the blue light subsided, they found that they weren't in Stromals anymore. In fact, they weren't in a Troon anymore. So where are they? Well, 
it's your lucky day. Well, one week from today will be your lucky day. Season three will premiere and you will find out exactly where the Goblin Splooshers are. So tune in, check it out. It's going to be awesome. Season three has been a lot of fun so far. There's been twists, there's been turns, there's been surprises. Even I'm not totally sure where it's going part of the time. So that's pretty exciting. So thanks for listening to this recap. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you remembered some things. Maybe you learned some things, which is awesome. So we will see you next time on This Is Gonna Hurt, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. See you later.